Welcome to this week's edition of Ocean Allison, where I bring you the best in ocean science, education, and conservation through conversations with people who are creating positive change for the ocean. This Ocean Allison podcast episode is brought to you by you, the listeners. A big thank you to everyone that's contributed a dollar or more to my subscription-based funding platform at patreon.com slash oceanallison. And for those that haven't, visit patreon.com slash oceanallison to watch my video and learn more about how you can help keep the podcast episodes coming. And now to this month's episode. This episode's ocean advocate is Francesca Page. Francesca is a London-based artist on a mission to communicate ocean science and conservation topics to the world. Hi, Francesca. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the show today. Listeners, to give you guys a little bit of background on how and why Francesca is joining me today on Ocean Allison Podcast, I started following Francesca on Instagram quite a while ago. We're just kind of both part of this same ocean conservation using social media community so you know I found you that way and her art is so visually stunning and amazing especially if you're an ocean lover and an environmentalist like I am so decided it was time to have her on the show so I hope that you guys will be um, as equally inspired by Francesca and her story I know we won't be obviously seeing her art during this episode it's I think it's actually interesting to have artists on a podcast because it you know it's a very different medium than what they're used to but you know obviously at the end of this episode I'll be linking to all of her social media sites and her website so you guys will be able to actually check out her art which I highly recommend so Francesca I'd love to get started with asking you about your childhood and we were actually just talking a little bit about this before we started the episode listeners but I'd love to ask you about your childhood your connection with nature from an early age and also how your most of your family is very much into you know ocean science um, and just science in general so you know what was your upbringing like in terms of connection with nature and relationship with science So I was very lucky and from a young age, every single summer holiday, we would go hiking in the Lake District, which is a beautiful place in England, or the Dolomites in Italy. So from a young age, I was always very much connected to the outdoors and being active and being around Mother Nature and appreciating the beauty that is outside our door. And it was only sort of around about 13 where I started to learn how to scuba dive and it was just in a local swimming pool in England but it wasn't until I was about 15 that I actually went into the ocean for the first time and completely fell head over heels in love with um, the blue Um, but it's actually quite funny before I learned how to dive I had I was actually quite scared of the ocean I had a fear of it Um, and I don't really know where the fear came from but it was only through scuba diving that I realized that fear was all in the mind um and it just became this amazing underwater playground so yeah I was I was very lucky from a very young age to be um introduced um to nature and um, I'm also very lucky that on my dad's side of the family there's a lot of scientists 
uh, and professors and there's a lot of um, a lot of my family do a lot of stuff with climate change and like my twin sister she's doing her PhD at the moment in Australia um, she's trying to figure out how to save the coral reefs so I'm constantly bouncing back with scientists which I love and as a creative in the family um, it was a natural path for me to start drawing the research and um, getting inspired by the science and then trying to visualize it so uh, the general public can understand what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so I was very, very lucky from an early age. In terms of your relationship with science personally, I know now obviously you're communicating with your family a lot and illustrating what your sister's doing sometimes and things like that. But in terms of your relationship with science as a young kid, what was that like for you? It was definitely there. I mean, my dad is an engineer and I come from a very clever family, um, but being, I guess, the dyslexic one in the family, um, I did, I mean, it took me until the age of about eight, nine for me to really learn how to read and tell the time and all that type of stuff. And for me, it just, my brain kind of didn't quite get it. Um, but it was, I guess, I just learned a lot from my dad and um, my auntie and uncle and I mean, at school, I was told um, you're not very good at science. So I never saw it as a career path. But I was always so interested in biology and the world around us. And um, every time like we're at a family gathering and everyone's talking about, I know, something they had discovered or some type of science topic, I'd always find it so interesting and wanted to learn. Um, and it's only in sort of the past couple of years that I've left education that I've started to um, realise that I can, you know, just because at school I was told I was bad at science doesn't mean that I am bad at science. So I've started to actually teach myself marine biology and like shark behaviour. And um, I mean, in the past year, I've really got into uh, shark biology. I find it so fascinating. So, yeah, I mean, I was I've always been around science. Um, it's just sort of taking me a little bit longer than others just to really get into it in terms of like learning. Yeah, and it's amazing that you've been able to build your confidence yourself as like, yeah, I, I can learn science and I can yeah. even teach myself. And obviously you're translating that into your work, which is amazing. Um, to go back to scuba diving a little bit, because I know that you are an avid and passionate scuba diver <laughs> like myself. What was one time, one experience that you had underwater, maybe after that first time you went in the ocean, but you know, <laughs> What was one time that really, really sticks in your mind as like such a powerful moment for you underneath the ocean that you want to share with others, maybe others that are scuba divers, but even others that aren't scuba divers that maybe don't have um, the ability to have that experience? Yeah, um, I guess the one experience that really stands out for me was in the Philippines. I was 17 years old. And I just finished a shark specialty course. And this was the first time that I started learning about sharks. And especially in the Philippines, I was on an island called Malapascua, which um, is renowned for their thresher sharks. And um, on the last dive, I mean, I'd seen thresher sharks uh, before on this trip. And they're absolutely incredible um, species, like by far one of my favorite sharks. The last dive of the trip was the first time I'd ever had a personal connection with um, a shark or um, ocean creature I had a cold and so my sinuses were blocked but I was really persistent and I really really wanted to get down to the cleaning station so we got to about five meter myself and the dive master 
and we were trying to go down really slowly but just my ears weren't popping and you know you shouldn't really push yourself and because we were so calm and our breathing had gone down our heart rate had gone down we'd noticed that a thresher shark was circling us and it got to about a meter away from me and I remember just like looking into its beautiful black eyes and just realizing that it was observing me and I was in its territory and it was it was just amazing I can't really describe it how this amazing huge creature this shark that you know we're told to fear our whole lives was just I I don't know it's I think I really did have like some weird conversation with the shark because it was looking at me it was observing me um and it was trying to figure out what we were and then I mean it probably only happened in about the space of 30 seconds and then it just swam off into the blue and um I think that memory really sticks in my head because it was the first time I had any type of connection with a shark and I remember after that dive I just became shark crazy because I just was like they're absolutely amazing creatures uh and especially on at the end of that trip we went um uh free diving with whale sharks and that was the first time I'd ever connected with a whale shark before and a similar thing I remember I looked into this whale shark's eye and then it decided to follow me for a little bit and it was proper being playful with me and I just made me realize how intelligent these creatures are and how they all have their own little personalities and and how we they're, they're portrayed so badly in the media and it's not just the you know great white with jaws that are man-eating they're not like that they're all um, so diverse and beautiful and weird and wonderful just like us um, that's what really sticks in my head yeah those sound like very powerful and incredible experiences and I totally know what you mean about like you felt like you were having a little bit of, you know, communication conversation <laughs> with them because, yeah, I think anytime you can look into the eyes of another animal, you can kind of communicate with them, whether it's just, a, you know, your pet that's a cat or it's a shark. Um, it's truly powerful. So, um, like I said in the intro, you are an artist. So that is your profession, which is amazing. And you went to the Camberwell College of the Arts in the UK. You, I believe, I don't know exactly what you'd call it. You were an illustrations major. Is that right? Myself as a not great, what you would call formal artist in terms of drawing uh, or painting. I am so impressed when people are so great at it, like you. But during your time in art school, you know, was this the time when you really cultivated your artistic direction in terms of environmentalism and ocean conservation? Was it that time or when you went into art school, did you already know like, yeah, I want to paint sharks and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, be a voice for animals around the world? Yeah, so when I started, uh, when I was about 18, I was obsessed with diving and the ocean and nature, and I knew that, but I was lost in terms of style and direction. So the first few years of art school were really just more experimenting and tutors telling me to use a stick to draw stuff instead of a pencil, I don't know, like, you know, just being very wacky and sort of fine arty. And I kind of moved away from my course, especially the last year of it. They were wanting me to go quite fine arty conceptual whilst towards the end of my degree, I was just obsessed with science and wanting to really document it in a highly detailed way. And it was about in my second year 
I started watching eco documentaries and looking at my lifestyle and how I can be more environmentally friendly. And it was really from all of that changing my diet, changing how I live, going a little bit more um, zero waste. And yeah, it was about second year of uni. Suddenly I kind of started going on this journey with my art. I realized that, you know, I have this this skill that can communicate to people from all over the world. And I don't need to have a language, you know, anyone can see the image um, from any type of background or culture or country. So um, from that, I kind of was like, well, I love the world we live in and I have the skill. And it was really kind of like marrying them together. And I realized that I kind of wanted to de- dedicate my life to creating artwork that um, would help educate others about the world we live in. So I kind of like started working out what I wanted my art to be like, the message. But I still kind of was working out kind of a topic. So I sort of I did stuff on the rainforest And it was only kind of in the last year that I really started doing stuff more onto the ocean. I went scuba diving. I haven't been diving in two years, (laughs) so I'm very excited for next week. I'm finally going to get back into diving again. But I went diving in Thailand two years ago, and it was after that trip that I kind of not rediscovered my passion for the ocean, but kind of ignited that inspiration again. And I kind of was like, yeah, that's it. I really want to... Uh, dedicate my art to the ocean and um, it was only in the last year that I've really been pushing it and now I I mean I can't remember the last time I painted something that wasn't ocean related <laughs> it's amazing because it's it's even the past six months especially since starting the 200 sharks project I mean my work's evolved my ideas evolved where I see my art going has evolved so it's just this constant evolution and it's really exciting and but I just know for a fact that that's it like my whole life now is probably going to be dedicated to painting the ocean which is amazing to go back a little bit about what you were saying coinciding with making lifestyle changes while you were kind of developing your artistic vision and path I know you mentioned diet and on your website and on your Mm -hmm. social media channels you are pretty outspoken about being a vegan and not eating animals and loving, you know, the animal world that, you know, we're all a part of. So mm-hmm. yeah, can you touch a little bit about your journey and inspiration for becoming a vegan and eating a plant based diet? Yeah, sure. Um, so I sort of went vegan, well, vegetarian first about four years ago. And it was about three years ago that I kind of really went into the vegan world. Um, and I primarily actually started through diet because um, I realized that I was really lactose intolerant and uh, dairy caused migraines and stuff. Um, and after I kind of went through the health phase, I started really looking into documentaries, reading up about online about how environmentally damaging our Western diet is. And it kind of just made sense to me that every day I wake up and I have a series of life choices. You know, I can spend my money on something that's environmentally damaging or I could spend my money on something that is going to, you know, not cause so much harm to the planet. And so for me, you know, meat and dairy are two things that unfortunately in the society we live in today does cause a lot of harm and damage and especially to the ocean. So I just think that every single day I can wake up and that's just one thing that I can do on a personal level. And now it's just sort of I can't imagine a world where I wasn't trying to fight for to save the world that we live in. I actually have a very similar journey. It started out with 
I realized dairy was not settling very well with me. And then, you know, it started out as somewhat of a health thing and definitely the environmental side of things tipped things over the edge. And and so I want to actually ask you, you know, I know we were talking about your artistic journey, how you were like, okay, I love the environment. I love animals. I love science. But you were still trying to cultivate what your art would look like, right? Your style. So you know, I know we're only audio right now, but can you kind of paint a picture for us, for myself and listeners of, you know, what does maybe a typical piece that you would paint or draw look like? So I work with watercolor and gouache. They're the two mediums that I really like working with. And I don't strive for photorealism, but I more strive to illustrate or depict uh, the creature that I'm drawing in its truest form and I would like to think that my work holds a lot of character. I really like playing with colour and observing the colourful world that we live in and um, especially in the sharks that I paint. You know sharks that they come in actually a lot of different colours especially like when I was painting the oceanic white tip I noticed there was a lot of yellows uh, as well as blues and greens and I'd like to think that I try and capture the magical the magic that's in the ocean I do a lot of I will like scan in my work and then edit on photoshop so like I'll scan in textures that I create and maybe make that the background and I really like to play with color and yeah I, it's really hard to describe I've not really had to try and describe my work before <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually think that, you know, having seen your work lots of times, I actually think you described it really well. It's accurate in terms of what the animal looks like. It's also a bit magical and playful and it's inspiring, very colorful and beautiful. But again, not like just a uh, abstract version of, for instance, what a shark looks like. It's very scientifically accurate. So I think that you did actually a really great job. So that's that's cool. Okay, so to get into a couple of the, I don't know if you would call them campaigns um, that you've worked on in terms of painting for a specific cause or uh, trying to raise awareness about a specific issue or solution. Mm. I know that a couple years back, you did a lot of paintings relating to climate change. Can you talk a little bit about those paintings, what that was all about? Well, those paintings were kind of the beginning of my kind of environmental art so in terms of I mean when I look back at them I see a Francesca that is still figuring out what she is in terms of style and in terms of content but um that was when I was at that was the time where I was doing lots of research and watching documentaries and listening to podcasts and watching hundreds of YouTube videos um and I think that was my response to it. I wanted to try and visualize or paint or get down onto paper what I was researching. Um, and I did stuff, I'm trying to think now, yeah, I did stuff on like the trees and how they're important to our, for our planet and how, you know, ice caps are melting and the Antarctic and uh, rainforest. I actually did a lot of stuff with tribes in the Amazon rainforest I was really interested in the human rights aspect of it and how um, they don't really have a voice at the moment and their home is getting destroyed and so yeah that's kind of like uh, for me that there even though I guess I'm not 
Looking back right now, I would cr- criticize the style of it and the way I did it. I also love them because that was kind of like the the, st- the starting point of my little eco journey right now. And so another project that you've been more recently working on is your 200 Sharks project. And obviously, you know, we've been talking about how you love sharks. And in recent years, you've gotten much more fascinated by them and started painting them more. So can you give us a little bit of info on what the 200 Sharks project is and, you know, what's what's it all about? What's your mission by painting these 200 sharks? Um, I think I'll start with like how it came to be <laughs> mm-hmm. um I started the well sort of the idea idea of the project about a year and a half ago it was about last Christmas and um I recently did a piece for Sharks for Kids I don't know that if you know of the yeah uh, <laughs> listeners if you remember I had Jillian Morris on the podcast probably like two years ago now but um yeah she runs Sharks for Kids which is a nonprofit teaching kids all around the world about shark conservation and shark biology. So if you want to check back to that episode, definitely do so. And yeah, Francesca, it's awesome that you've partnered with Sharks for Kids. Yeah, and- she's like, uh, honestly, she's such an inspiring lady. And um, I remember Skyping with her and I did a little shark hammerhead piece for her. And she kind of ignited the passion I have for sharks you know bringing back the the memory I told you guys earlier with the thresher shark and all that type of stuff that's where I kind of the project started forming in my head I was like I really would love to do something with the ocean and I love sharks I think they're amazing and she was the one that really started making me think and research other types of species of shark and so I started just going a little bit ocean crazy and painting and drawing lots of sharks and all that type of stuff and then last year I did a massive one meter by two and a half meter painting I don't really know what that is in foot but it's quite big um (laughs) bigger than me and um I, I tried to paint um or visually paint um how many sharks are killed on average every 90 seconds which is 300 and I really wanted to create a piece that was visually beautiful But also it kind of, when you look at it, it's more, because when people, when you think of these figures, like, you know, I think it's like 11,460 something are killed every hour on average. And it's such a bizarre number. And you never really think of like, actually how many sharks that is. So I kind of really wanted to visually illustrate that. And after that project ended, and that was my final piece for my degree, I just knew that that was the, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of something big and I went away over summer and um, really tried to think about what I could do with my skill and my passion and it was of um, in the autumn of 2017 that I started my 200 sharks project so 200 sharks being um, every 60 seconds on average 200 sharks are killed and I want to I want to paint 200 sharks. Um, I'm currently on 18, <laughs> so I'm right at the beginning of the project. But I want to paint um, lots of different types of shark to represent the diversity and beauty of the species. Um, so at the moment, I've painted things like whale sharks, um, great whites, oceanic white tips, black tip reef sharks, like loads of different types. Um, And for me, on a personal level, it's really, I found this project incredibly amazing to do just because I'm also learning so much about 
sharks and I've gotten a really supportive community online and they're they're teaching me about sharks and the wonders of the species um so yeah and the kind of the mission of the project is to try and create kind of a shark movement to get people involved to get people interested and uh, passionate about sharks just like I am and to see that they're not just great white they are they come in so many different shapes and sizes um personalities colors um, and to show that, you know, it's a diverse and incredible species that the e- ocean ecosystem needs to have and that we should love them. And I guess if you're not going to love them, to at least respect them. And so some of those 200 sharks I know have been sort of sponsored by different organizations and companies that believe in your mission with the 200 Sharks Project. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of those organizations and companies that you've gotten to partner with so one of them is sharks for kids like i mentioned earlier i've painted four for them i've got one more to do i've got a sawfish to do um and i painted a scallop head for them a black tip reef shark oh gosh a bull shark and a spinner shark and i wanted to paint things that were based into the bahama florida area And then there's Paddy. So I've just finished Five Sharks for Paddy. And I found working with Paddy to be such an amazing experience just because they're so supportive. And the community that Paddy has is so passionate and so supportive. And I've been bombarded with so many incredible messages of people sharing sharing me their shark stories. And I just find it so humbling. And it, it sort of ignites even more of a passion inside me that, you know, there's people out there that love it just like me. And it makes me want to keep, keep going and keep painting. That's amazing. And so are there any you know, of the rest of the 200 sharks that are available for sponsorship. Oh, um, yeah. If oh. any of you listeners are part of an organization or a company that would align with ocean conservation and shark conservation, I definitely recommend checking out Francesca's art and her 200 sharks, or at least the the 18 that she's painted so far. And um, yeah, potentially sponsoring it because it's a really great project. And like you said, I know I've seen the response from the Patty diving community, and it's been absolutely amazing, supportive, and I think eye-opening for many to know that an average 200 sharks globally are killed every 60 mm. seconds. Also, you know, if someone isn't part of an organization or a company that wants to sponsor one of your shark paintings or multiple of your shark paintings, you know, if if a listener wants to purchase one of your sharks, is that possible? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're all up for sale and all of the so all of the um, sharks for kids sharks, um, 15 percent goes towards sharks for kids. And then for the paddy um, percentage goes towards Project Aware, which is a sort of non-profit organization that sort of runs sister with paddy um and that's kind of what i want to do if i'm you know selling selling the sharks so i kind of want to put a bit of the money towards kind of saving them as well um so i mean i'm right at the start of the project i kind of would love i'd love to do something with shark week in july uh, i think that would be also really awesome it's just sort of for me it's just how do i get the shark word out there how do i um, connect with as many people as possible and create that conversation for me illustration is a conversation starter that's that's how I see my art I want it to make people think and to make people question or to just you know for them to maybe show a mate and then they start talking about it that's kind of what I find so interesting and great about art 
So listeners, if you are interested in maybe purchasing some of Francesca's illustrations, which like I said, are so beautiful and have a great mission behind them. Um, she does have an Etsy. So you can check her out on Etsy, Francesca Page Art, and you can see what she's got for sale. And I also, when I post this podcast episode, we'll be linking to Francesca's website. It's francescapageart.com. And I'll also link to her Instagram um, so you guys can follow her there, see her art there, send her a message if you're interested in learning more about what she does or collaborating with her or just telling her your shark stories like she (laughs) mentioned before. Francesca, I want to thank you so much for all of the positive change that you're creating for the ocean. I think that your journey as an artist and coming into this environmental and scientific art is so inspiring to me and so amazing. I think that always when we merge art and science, it's very powerful. So I want to thank you for all the work that you do. And I also want to thank you for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. You just heard Francesca Page, a London-based artist on a mission to communicate ocean science and conservation topics to the world. To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, visit my website at oceanallison.com and tune into next month's episode to hear another conversation between me and someone creating positive change for the ocean.